Why, hello. Wow. <laughs> hello. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my teeth are pink from chugging white Zinfandel. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to this shit. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Uh, welcome back to, to the podcast that nobody asked for, but we're still here doing it. <laughs> oh, God, isn't that the truth? Anchor FM still isn't dis- distributing it, but we're still making it. What the fuck is up with that? I have no idea. Um, no. It, said, it said on the thing, like, hey, if you want more help in figuring out what's going on, contact us. And it just takes you to a frequently asked questions page where it doesn't tell you anything. It, like, tells you the guidelines. They probably listened to our content, and they were like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> Not for this website. <laughs> Not for this good Christian podcasting service. <laughs> they want to protect the other sites. Uh, anyway, <laughs> hi, I'm Connor. Hi, I'm Kylan. And we, we do this. We do this podcast, and we drink while we do it, and we do parkour. You already know what Kylan's drinking. Yeah, so anytime you hear me say white Zinfandel, that is code for, um, I wasn't super prepared. Um, (laughs) I wasn't prepared enough to get liquor, but I was able to make it to the store in time to get wine. That's what that is. And so... Before we record, I usually, like, gross Connor out for five minutes by chugging straight from the bottle. And who, boy, does it gross me out? <laughs> well, you have, like, a naturally weak stomach when, I, when it comes to alcohol anyway, I think, right? Or at least with other people drinking it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, it, it got that way after one horrible, horrible night with bourbon. Um, then next time, uh, TSV just straight chugging tequila i i just sympathy bombed horrible horribleness <laughs> college fraternities are a thing <laughs> what are you drinking this evening uh so i am also not prepared <laughs> uh, i i told myself that i would go buy groceries today but mm-hmm. i'm a fucking liar of course i i did clean my apartment so there, there is some productivity that happened, but I did not buy groceries. It's uh, something. So I'm drinking some Austin East Ciders Texas Honey Cider. Ladies just like looking at the can like, huh? Huh? <laughs> and she, she has run away. Uh, but I'm, I'm drinking this. I didn't buy it. It appeared in my fridge. I'm sure somebody did, either for D&D or a game night or something. Wait, how old is it? I'm sure it's coming up on a year. (laughs) Is it still good? I'm not a big cider person. Mm. So I don't think it's that good. But, I mean, it doesn't taste horrible. It has alcohol content. It's like a a honey apple juice that's, like, carbonated. Mm. Oh, I see. Interesting. That reminds me, this is like, totally, this is the first derail of the evening. So, uh, mark it down. (laughs) One time, uh, we, back in college, we got it into our heads to, um, 
mix together uh, Martinelli's apple juice with Tennessee Honey Jack. And it was a pretty good drink. Okay. But like one time we mixed one that we knew was like way too potent. So none of us like wanted to drink it. It was like stored in like the little glass bottle that the apple juice came in. So we just let it sit and ferment for like a year, <laughs> maybe longer. And I, to this day, I don't remember if anyone drank it or not, if we threw it out, but we always threatened people that like, I don't know, if we were doing like a drinking game or something, like if they lost, they would have to drink the stank ass Martinelli, is this what we call it? <laughs> it was just like a horror story, just like, oh god, whatever you do. Specifically, if they lose the drinking game, they have to drink more. But I, I don't think we actually ever let anyone dr drink it, because I think we thought it was going to be like a health hazard at that I mean, point. Probably. Alcohol itself is a health hazard. I'm hurting myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. So we have a, a sort of topic. So half of it's like a, a repeat topic for this evening. Yeah. So kind of not. We have, uh, as of this, it's been about a week since we finished our Yaman Dragon Heist campaign, our Waterdeep Dragon Heist set in Amon. I'm still working on my conversion notes for it. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, as soon as I'm done with it, which will be in some point in the future, uh, I'm going to be posting those on my Discord and probably Ooh. Dropbox. Ooh. Uh, but if you want to run a game very similar to, to how we ran it, or differently, because there's a whole bunch of uh, supplements <laughs> that came out afterwards, like uh, Wardy Dragon Heist Forgotten Tales by James Hayek and James Entronsko, however you pronounce your name. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I I'm putting all my conversion notes in a doc, and I'll, I'll be uploading it right now. It's like 10,000 words right now. <laughs> Jesus, man. I mean, I know it's something that, like, people are definitely interested in, because anytime I would, like, tweet about our game, people would be like, how does that work? How's it run? How do you like that? I'm like, I, I don't know. I didn't come up with this. Ask Connor. <laughs> yeah. So, if, if, if you are, I will be publishing those notes uh, probably through my Discord, which, if you're a subscriber to my Twitch channel, you can, uh, you'll be able to get that. I will. I will. Or maybe Patreon whenever I finish setting that up, but I'm probably not going to use it for anything. Oh, woo. So we've just finished that. Holy shit. We did. Like, want, last so week? Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about that, or do we want to talk about, like, our other games real quick first? Yeah, we do typically spend about an hour talking about... No, well, we spend an hour talking about how we make the OCs kiss. <laughs> So, um, I didn't, I haven't had Monster of the Week for the past two weeks, so that one's not on the table. Yeah, um, I, I noticed, I was, I was really hoping to, like, turn it on while I was working on stuff today. Yeah, no, it's just been, like, scheduling errors, just, like, two weeks in a row, so. The bane of all of our game's existence. Ugh, tell me about it. So. That's why um, I was really, really happy with, uh with how Amon Dragon Heist was going, because it oh my God. didn't seem like we ever had to reschedule anything. We were the most consistent motherfuckers. I, I think the only times that we didn't play was just, like, 
over holiday. Yeah, and, and over oh, the holidays, we didn't play for like a month. But like other than that, we met like every met Sunday. Like somebody, somebody may have had to leave a little bit early or like. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did do a couple of one shots there. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. But like other than that, like still most people have horror stories of like, yep, my campaign hasn't met in two years. <laughs> and we're meeting again on Monday. It's just like, oh, Jesus. But I no. mean, you and I have are in a couple of campaigns like that right now. Oh, like, yeah. Like Court of the Dragon Queen. I was editing uh, the audio for episode two today, and we were talking about Horde of the Dragon Queen a lot. Oh, goodness. Yeah, you know, maybe one day we'll get back to that. Maybe and one day whenever Negative Sigma has a new job and <laughs> concert's done with all his exams. Ooh. We are both drinking to that right now. <laughs> but yeah, that was a very good uh, group in terms of scheduling. So uh, good thing we're continuing to play stuff together. But no that's Monster nice. of the Week. Yeah, so Monster of the Week um, has not been on for the past few weeks and will not be on next week. Um, also due to scheduling because technically it's the start of, uh, the new season. I mm -hmm. say air quotes in terms of, um, online game scheduling because most online Twitch games either run for like 10 weeks of weekly episodes or maybe like five weeks bi-weekly. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to get people to commit to something that long. Yeah. And, and so- it's hard, as as for for me as a player it's hard for me to commit to something that long right so so like it you know people commit and like it's good in the beginning but like as things go on it's like oh shit <laughs> you know because you know life happens so um yeah so it so now there's a little bit of season bleed so our next episode and which is probably going to be our last episode um so it wouldn't have been a full 10 episode season but that's fine i think we're at a good place for it to end. We're at a very climactic moment. Um, so that's going to be April 6th. And then the new season begins. Um, so that'll be fun. But yeah, sadly no Monster of the Week, so you guys going to have to wait till next episode to hear about uh, how the whole alien shit went down. Yeah, gotta learn about Lemmy and the aliens. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Ain't your level up. Yeah, so instead of talking about my one of my games let's because well i have one game to talk about but let's talk about one of your games first uh yeah so also on pro resource channel pro resource great guy friend of the channel check him out Pew, pew, pew. Pew. Um, people did quick. people did comment yeah yeah someone did comment i saw the youtube comments they were like i they said something about how they really enjoyed the views. they were like it was like 11 out of 10 11, 11 out of 7 pp oh yeah that's what it was I was like, hell yeah, beep, beep, <laughs> Friend of the channel, that person, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Silver Connor, throw, throw up the, the, the thing. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. But, uh, yeah, so, beep, 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 will continue until further notice. But like, comment, and subscribe if you have any opinions on <laughs> Ring that bell. <laughs> but I have a game on Prairie Stars channel. It's called The Little Things. It is a fifth edition campaign where all the kids are baboos. Oh. All the characters are baboos. Like <laughs> all the kids are baboos. <laughs> yep, yep, they are. <laughs> listen, listen. 
I'm drunk. <laughs> Linda, honey, listen. <laughs> Look it. Look it. I'm dark. I'm staying turned. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm already through a bottle of wine, so this episode is already a mess. <laughs> I had I had my uh, my signature coffee Kahlua and Bailey's during the stream today. Very nice. Very nice. Um, which, lots of turnout for the stream today. There were so many people coming in. Oh, that's so awesome. So good. Lots of followers. One new sub. It's, oh. I am so sad I missed it. I was actually out being social today. So I... You want to talk about that? Oh, I mean, that wasn't that big a deal. I thought we were going to, like, actually go out with, like, some other people. So I was terrified. But turns out, we just went to an apartment. I played with our kittens. We made calzones. And we watched The Office. So it was like my kind of hangout session. It was perfect. Damn, that sounds so wonderful. Yeah. Be friends with introverts, people. It's very low maintenance. But um, yeah. Oh, speaking of people liking our tweets and shit, I know we're already like so derailing, but like uh people Sam's need something in between our talking about our OCs. <laughs> Sam's mom liked one of our tweets about let's talk about it. <laughs> Moblin likes our tweet. Friend of the channel, Moblin. <laughs> so if you're out there, Miss Regal, listening to our to our uh, to our podcast, just we're know. so sorry. <laughs> we're sorry, but we appreciate you so much, and just what a, a kind human being you are. So yeah, but. <laughs> But the little things. Um, the little things. So w I play a eight-year-old shifter uh, who's like physically like 14, but mm -hmm. you know, shifters age different to humans. They are on the trail of a pack. They have run into like this group of like lost boy children, but like Tim Burtonified. Ooh. Oh, no, even worse than that, like uh, Stephen Kingified. Oh no, that's even worse. Where like they, they've been they've been eating the gray meat, Buh. but it ain't it ain't it ain't meat. It, it, it's not pork. It's more like the long pig. I don't know what that is. It's people meat. Oh, it's people meat. <laughs> it's people meat. It's Soylent Green, not Soylent. <laughs> Hashtag possibly sponsored by Soylent. It's not. We're not sponsored by Soylent, but hit me up, Daddy. <laughs> I'm a warlock and my patron is Soylent. <laughs> the, the true great old one. Packed of the soy. <laughs> yeah, we, we were running, running away from that. Uh, PR's character, who is totally copyright neutral uh, Simba <laughs> from The Lion King, uh, had, a, had a big old bowl of, of gray meat stew. And oh boy, did that make Koyar bomb when, because like Koyar is picking up on like all this stuff. Like this is people meat. This is this is what a corpse smells like. Because oh. it's just because of like I've been rolling great for those specific checks, uh, yeah. for those perception or uh, nature or whatever rolls. But like I'm thinking, Koyar's seen stuff. Like, he was raised by two halflings, uh, 
who run a, a kennel. Um, they, mm -hmm. they train dogs, but like hunting dogs and bloodhounds and war dogs. So he has probably seen people meet and smelled human, human flesh before. And it, it, it ain't great. So you mean to tell me that Coliar, much like Connor, is a sympathy bomber? Yes. They also ran into a, a forest guardian, an owl, a giant owl, who was like picking at all of their like traumas and everything. Like, especially with PR, like he was just like plucking into Adolfo's uh, backstory. It's just like, oh, well, you think you think you killed your your father, uh, and all this stuff, and it's just like trying to say like, no, you didn't. Uh, you don't, you don't really, you don't really know what's going on. Uh, so like evil Kapora Gabora? <laughs> it's 100% evil Kapora Gabora. <laughs> and we, we kept tapping A's. We had to keep listening to him. Oh no! <laughs> when do I stop? <laughs> now, Koyar is quick to shut people down. <laughs> so whenever the owl is just like, Oh, and you've been kept from a part of yourself. Do you know who you are? I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> because I I don't think Coyard knows, like, he knows what a lycanthrope is. Because mm -hmm. his dads have told him to, like, say out the woods because they're werewolves. Yeah. And his dads probably know that he's half werewolf, but Coyard's just like, I'm I, I'm 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 bigger than a halfling. I think I'm human. I am eight, and what is this? <laughs> Cole's got stuff going on right now. They're they including Coyard. They're about to fight a corpse flower, which I have very horrible uh, memories of from my, our last Star <laughs> campaign. I didn't get to fight that one. I was out that day. Oh, it's fine. We all bombed a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was mine. You've got a last for the office seat. So, session three of that's happening. Three of five, because we're we're doing a, a short season. But um, yeah, no, it's that session was dealing with a lot of, I don't know, not necessarily fallout, but like some realizations. Like um, basically the whole thing from the second episode was like. Danny bought a flower to, like, give to the captain, just like, oh, you know, whatever, let me, like, try and actually, like, really flirt a little bit, and, like, the captain thought it was from the doctor, Elizabeth, and, like, got her hopes up, but Elizabeth didn't come to their party, so she got, like, way too drunk, and then, like, Danny was trying to take care of her, and in the process, they both kind of found out, like, what the other, like, Harper found out that Dagny was the one that gave her the flower, and Dagny found out that, like, Harper thought that was Elizabeth. And so, like, and that was a whole mess. So, like, starting this episode, Captain was, like, way too drunk to get back to the ship, so Dagny's like, okay, shit, I gotta, like, you know, take care of you. You are, like, oh, God, I'm not used to taking care of people. I'm the one who's usually too drunk. Uh, so, and just, like, making sure that, like, she was okay. 
So we ended up like staying at in someone's room for like a little bit. That was a weird situation, but um, it was a very like interesting conversation because there was a lot that came out about both of the characters. Like there was this one moment, I don't remember the exact lead up, like um, something about, like Captain was talking something about drinking and Dagny said something along the lines like well you know there there are like many reasons that people drink or it's like there are more reasons to drink than just partying or something like that so giving like a little insight into why Dagny drinks so much all the fucking time um and when the captain asked her further about it she's uh said something along the lines of like you know just to like take the edge off of everything um, so hoo, 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 little, little hints there. <laughs> Dagny's not happy. Um, <laughs> but also, um, I think stuff came out about, um, I guess how much, um, the Dagny, uh, the Dagny, uh, Dagny and, and uh, Harper have, like, I guess, like, their whole relationship, like, Harper trusts Dagny with the ship more than anyone because even though Dagny is like drunk most of the time and she's not super tactful, she like knows more about operating a ship than anyone else on the ship besides the captain. And like Dagny, even though she's like romantically attracted to the captain, like her, she also like. I guess more so than that, it's just like, you know, I admire you, I respect you, I look up to you just because of like how, you know, talented you are. Um, and so like the captain said something like, you know, if anything was to ever happened to me, I would let you take over the ship. And that really meant a lot to Dagny. So that was kind of cool, but no smooches, no smooches that night. So yeah. And Are you sure this is an off the table game? <laughs> well, it, it's kind of funny because I I want to smooch. Danny wants to smooch the captain, but Anaris's character Elizabeth also wants to smooch the captain. So we both want to smooch the captain. <laughs> so it's just a race to see who smooches first, which I'm sure Danny may have had the opportunity to do in that room, but you know. She's like, mm, the captain is way drunker than I am. This isn't, this isn't kosher. So instead took her back to the ship. And uh, yeah, and then we found out some more about like, like Elizabeth. Oh, oh, <laughs> I almost forgot to mention. Uh, Annabelle? I'm too drunk. Yes, Annabelle. Oh my God. Yeah, Katie Face's character, Annabelle. Uh, she's the one who's secretly pregnant, uh, so, like, Dagny and Elizabeth, the doctor, are having a conversation on the ship. Meanwhile, Dingo and Katie are making secret roles. One of them, the captain, uh, turns into a fucking bird, because that's what she can do. She's a fucking bird. Did you know that, Connor? The captain's a bird? <laughs> we mentioned it before, like a heron. Yeah, she's a blue heron. She turned into a fucking bird and flew away. Excuse me, but Annabelle's character, Annabelle, who is the character, uh, went and snuck into the doctor's office and stole all of her pills for, like, nausea and shit. 
because like she's a uh, prank or not and uh, <laughs> has morning sickness and needs to deal with that. But in the meantime, she also looked into the doctor's sketchbook and found the picture that she had sketched of the captain. <laughs> so that's spicy. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the next day there was like a huge fucking storm going on. Oh, and we also had some like crazy weird shared vision of like evil shit going on from the sea that night. Uh, that was weird, but um, yeah, no, there's a crazy storm about to hit that day, so we're trying to like get the fuck out of Dodge, and then like this guy is coming to work on the ship who like Harper is supposed to protect. It's, that's a whole, that's a whole story thing in there, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. We're trying to set fucking sail and beat this storm, um, and deal with the storms inside of our hearts. <laughs> fucking spicy. Um, yeah, I'm just sad that this is only like a five episode season. Aww. Uh, we talked about maybe revisiting the characters at a later point. But, you know, we'll see. Content schedules, man. Yeah, man. You know, the, the, these people who do this shit, like, pretty much full time, like, it's crazy how much shit they fit into their schedule. That's it for, like, my stream game. So, like, you want to talk about... Yeah, I've got, I've got Indoor Adventures campaign, and things are spicy there. <laughs> Ooh. So we were hired by a hag to kill her sister. Yeah. And retrieve a mug. I, re- I remember that, that episode. I remember the mug fight. And we got there. And, like, we're very, like, oh, well, let's talk about it first. See what's going on. And then, if she attacks us, kill, kill it. Our paladin went off to, like, go talk to the hag. And I'm a little bit foggy on the details because, like, things were just happening. <laughs> but... A few of us like went upstairs to go get them up. Some some roles were made and some conversations were had, but she realized that hey, there were other people in this place who are armed who can come to talk to her, and uh, she got a little violent. And so in return, not we as in the party, but I as in my character also got violent. Oh, you definitely did. You decided to, uh, go the fuck off. Blake hunts undead. Blake hunts fiends. And Blake hunts fae. This, this was not technically a fae, because this was a reskinned Undercity Medusa from Ravnica's, uh, or Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. But close enough. But, in the context of the game, it was a sea hag, which... It's a fae. A bad fae. An evil fae. Mm-hmm. That multiple people, uh, including his his new dragon daddy, not, not the dragon daddy that lives in his heart, but his new dragon sugar daddy. Oh! And uh, a couple of people on the island, they're like, we like this sister, this hag, the one who hired us. We don't like this hag, the one who we're currently like off to like get i asked her point blank just like why don't people like you she said because i'm temperamental and she attacked 
So I attacked in force. And at at some points during the fight, like we had gotten the things we need and we had a we had a choice to retreat. And I was just like, no, I want to stay here. I want to finish this. Mm-hmm. I'm certain that being on this hag's island while she is still alive is not going to be great for us. Mm-hmm. And I was right. Mm. Because whenever we did run away, much to much to Blake's chagrin, but I also did not want to split the party. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, all this, whenever I'm saying I right now, I'm in Blake's mindset, like, 100%, we, if we resolved this peacefully, everything probably would have been fine. But Blake was very angry in the moment. And, uh, Don't you just here, hate it when your characters are dumb and you're smart? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blake was being very, very violent and uh, was enjoying things that he probably should not have. Yeah, he was really, he was having a, a grand old time just fucking up this hag. Probably too grand. But he did leave before she was dead, and because of that, she had used her uh, her petrification ability, because, once again, reskinned under City Medusa on our boat, which oh is technically still a creature because it's a polymorph troll. Oh! Oh! But, uh, yeah, our boat's petrified, and we're stuck on the island right now. Our paladin and I... Uh, our paladin being a uh, an Aladrin was really not gr- really not happy with Blake <laughs> and his prejudice against certain kinds of fae. Her being a fae. Yeah, paladins are never happy. <laughs> Corey was happy uh, for a lot of the adventure. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, once you like take them, like once you do something that like. Makes him, like, get that righteous fury. <laughs> Not happy. Uh, but she, rightfully so, got very nasty with Blake and his uh, ind- indiscriminate uh, targeting of the fae that he considered evil. Mm. And pointed out that, oh, I figured since, you know, you have a fiend in your heart, you would know better than to judge everybody. And I, I was Ooh. just like, oh, Slam dunk. Oh, we getting nasty. Oh, <laughs> uh, and that and that's that sort of uh, that's gonna hurt him on like so many levels because Corey is the first person that he's met outside of his old uh, his old hunters guild. Yeah, you two like came cool. into the party together. Corey was supposed to be his best friend. Damn. But where's that at? I don't know. We're still on the island right now. There's mm-hmm. an army of blights who said that they, who Kalem apparently commanded to build a boat. Maybe we'll get back. Maybe we won't. We will see that tomorrow. Yeah, so stuff will be happening. That's mm-hmm. all I got for string games. So let's take a quick break yeah. to refill drinks, and to we'll- use the restroom. And whenever we get back, we will talk about the end of Amon Dragon Heist and was it what we're doing next? Well, what was next? So, um, so how do we want to do this little, little break thing here? Just put a picture of a crudely sketched butt on there. 
Okay. To baby got back? <laughs> okay. That's fine by me. It's over, Connor. <laughs> Thank you so much. Shit, that's bubbly. Oof. It's all ah, Guinness. Delicious. <laughs> so, let's talk about it. So we ended in Mon Dragon Heist this past week. Dragon Deep Water Heist. Dragon Deep Water Heist. Which for us was a Mon Water Heist. <laughs> oh boy. The only water that was heisted was my tears when we ended last week. So let's, I guess, I don't know. Do we want to like hit the high points of everything that happened? Talk about our feelies? Everything in between? What, what were your high points? Where were your low points? Low points? Yeah. Hmm. As in like, Points that were low for my character, points that were, like, low for me. What were your low points? Um, hmm. I gotta think about that for a second. Um, just because this campaign, uh, I realized recently has spanned for months, at least since October. Um, probably a little earlier than October, maybe? Yeah, we started the week after this game launched. Which was, when? Waterdeep Dragon Heights was originally published on September 18th, 2018. Okay, so we've been doing it since September, and we ended in March. And we met pretty consistently minus December when we didn't really meet at all. So, uh, it's a pretty long stretching campaign, so I've got to think what low points were. The time we went to jail. I didn't like going to jail. Okay, no, no, no. That's my whole thing with like urban campaigns is they're fun, but you have to worry about like law, the law way more. Like you can't do like the shit you normally want to do in like adventures, which is like kind of skirt around shit a little bit and like, you know, fight if you need to or like use magic to like bribe if you need to. No. In this game, they got a fucking, like, fines and shit, and jail and shit, so you can't really do any, you gotta operate by the book, which is just like, oh, this is so frustrating, I have this magic that makes me be able to compel people to do the shit I want them to do, or, oh, I just want to fight, which is, like, what all Soleil, my character is, is, like, I either want to fight or I want to use magic on you to get you to do what I want. So it's just like I'm being stifled <laughs> by your laws. I mean, it made it it made it great on me as a DM. <laughs> like, oh, you want to do stupid shit? Okay, here's a fine for that. Yeah, like I think in our last episode, we tried to I tried to bribe a guard to tell us where someone was, and he was like, "Oh, are you trying to bribe an official?" I'm just like, "Fuck you, man! <laughs> this is an emergency. <laughs> You're being a dick." <laughs> So, yeah, it, it was, it's a little more strict than, I guess, maybe, like, homebrew shit, or, like... Or shit even, even other, like, 
published adventures like whenever you're exploring through Cholt in uh, Tomb of Annihilation, you don't have to worry about like the consoles coming down you're, the stuff in Port 9, sorry, maybe. But. Mm -hmm. So like, that was my, I guess my only thing. And I guess that's like, I don't even know it's a low point, but just like a, just like, oh man, just the man is holding me down, man. <laughs> but like, other than that, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm trying to think of what my high points were, of which there were so many. For my own character, probably the highest points were when I finally, like, got the sword into my hands. It was, like, so fucking satisfying. So, for those who don't know, because I don't know if I've ever explicitly addressed this, my character, Soleil, is an Eladrin warlock sent from the Feywild by Sugar Daddy Artagon to retrieve um, what was known as the uh, Illuminated Blade because Soleil's uh, partner, who was a dryad, uh, was like kind of cursed, poisoned, sickened. Um, her tree was real full of that funky, nasty junk. Like, um, I always pictured it something similar to, like, what, you know, like, how Sondor from Critical Role was all funky, nasty, junky, mm -hmm. and gross. Something kind of like that, but I don't know. I didn't make it too specific. But anyway, she was real sick. And this blade has the power to cast greater restoration, so Artagian was like, it's uh, somewhere in a mine. Go fetch. So that's the whole reason Soleil came to Iman, and it has been a fucking journey to try and find this fucking sword that's been in the cache of dragons. So, whenever I finally got that sword in my hands, I was just like, holy shit, this is the first time I've ever had a character complete a long-term concrete goal. And uh, it was like incredibly satisfying, because I had like a super bomb persuasion check to convince this dude to give me the sword. <laughs> Uh, rewarding. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I do want to talk about that just a little bit, just like uh, if you do read Waterdeep Dragon Heist, you will notice that there's no sword in the Cache of Dragons or no, there's not. Or anything like that. I, I'd replace the, the staff that the dragon is supposed to have with this sword as, as his like payment for guarding this, uh, this cache. Which, the whole reason he had a sword and why I needed to get a sword was because I was, like, a pl pact of the blade, so, like, thematically it made sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I could have given you a different item, but whenever I had originally, like, started making those changes, the Illuminated Blade was something out of the Fairy Fire uh, supplement that you can probably get right now on DriveThruRPG. I had kickstarted it, so... Um, it's it's available somewhere. It's, it's available somewhere. Cyber uh, Connor put up the publisher right now and the cover page. Yeah. But the flavor that I want to go with the sword, I I changed that midway through. Like originally, it's like it's supposed to be this teacher that like if you fail anything, it'll like start doing damage to you or something like that. I didn't want to do that. So what I did is I just made it essentially the sun sword or no the uh, Sunblade that 
what's his name? What's his name? Jakar. Jakar had in Out of the Abyss. Oh, yeah. The, the sentient one? Yeah. I was like, please hold me. Because that one can cast, uh, I think, less restoration. Yeah. That's my greater restoration. But I made it cast greater restoration, took away the sentient, sentient and added some, like, Feywild stuff to it. Because mm-hmm. I, I made this sword uh, have ties to the Summer Queen, the, uh, the Archfey. Or in uh, the Tal'Dorei setting, in the Exandrian setting, uh, this would be the High War Queen of the Burning Veil. Mm-hmm. So this is her sword that she she would use on her armies. Yeah. Now, now you had had it, and uh, she she was there whenever you you healed your bay. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, I'm probably gonna talk about all the high mo- moments from the last ep- episode, uh, last <laughs> session that we had. Just because it was a lot of satisfying moments for me. Uh, get, well, I guess getting the sword happened the episode before, but um, actually using the sword and being reunited with uh, her girlfriend. But also for me as a player, just like the last words that Soleil had to say to everyone because she was um, leaving that plane and did not know when she would see them again. So I kind of like quickly kind of improvise what Soleil would want to say to each character and make sure that like she left like some sweet parting words um because Soleil is typically not the sweetest but you know she wanted to show how much she cared and that meant a lot to me as a player because it was it was Soleil talking to the characters but it was like me talking to the other players as well just kind of you know I just wanted to show my appreciation for their characters and how their stories combine with my story and just like how much fun I had just playing this game together. So that was really satisfying for me. Um, also satisfying too was, I know whenever Soleil was like playing Shifting to the Fate Wild, I knew she was gonna like change from her like content fall mood into something. But I didn't know if she was like happy springtime mood or like sad wintertime mood because it was such a bittersweet moment. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what she is. Maybe she's like whitish and pinkish all together. And you said something like, oh, kind of like morning glory. And then it just like all kind of tied together with, um, you know, our tag and being the God, you're gonna have to help me with the name. Uh, like the, the Lord of the Born Crown. Thank you. That's what I was gonna say, but, <laughs> but yeah, the Lord of the Morn Crown and like this symbology with like um, Soleil and the Morning Glory and Artagon and just like everything. It all kind of like connected together visually, and I'm like, oh fuck, this is perfect aesthetically. <laughs> so that was really satisfying as well. Um. Other high points, (laughs) okay, so a high point for me personally (laughs) is Otto's romance with this one NPC, or just like the entire relationship that like did not start as a romance, but went romance. Oh my god, (laughs) the lead writer of this damn module. Of this whole damn module. Of the whole damn module. And the co-author of 
the uh, Tautori campaign guide commented on it. Oh my God. That he did. And you know what he said? He said that was the whole reason that he had put that character in Troll Skull Alley was for someone to bang them. <laughs> I'm being vague to try to avoid spoilers, but you know. And the mad lad done did it. <laughs> the mad lad did it. He banged the character. <laughs> but it actually turned out to be like really sweet. So like, <laughs> like it was funny at first, but then it was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of sweet. Like, my favorite part in uh, Otto's epilogue is um, they end up, like, running a business together. Mm-hmm. And Otto's talking about, like, all along how he wanted to screw the rest of the party over and get the whole cast of dragons to himself. But he was like, you know, I just, you know, I, he's like, I fall for the wrong people. I can attest then, to the wrong people, yeah. Yeah, I can attest to the wrong people. And his bae is like, don't I know it? And I'm like, oh! Oh, Oh, it was, uh, I loved Otto's epilogue. It was so good. And just that whole relationship. And just like how much fun it was in character. Because my, my, Soleil was a shit about it the whole time. (laughs) Just a nosy little shit. And then out of character, all the fucking jokes it spawned. Uh, It just, it just, you know, it was a nice, like, I don't know, just a way to like tie us and ground us, right? Ground, yes, ground us into the world. Uh, but uh, no, no, it's, I could just like go on forever about all the things that I thought was good about that campaign, of which there were many. What were your high points and low points, DM? I, I started having a lot of fun with uh, with that character and that romance, but. Because you weren't intending it to be romance. I see. <laughs> I don't intend for anything to be a certain way or not. I don't prep. <laughs> I really have not been prepping for this game. Um, my my prep was essentially writing the conversion notes. So like I was sort of forced to prep for a lot of that. But a lot of the quote-unquote dungeons uh a lot of the the encounters that uh came from just being in Taudore uh that there there's like little snippets for like oh well this is an adventure that you can try to do dm it's up for you to come up with all the encounters and stuff for it uh but this is what you can do um Mm -hmm. i mean uh i did a lot of that but besides writing a couple of like stat blocks and everything i didn't really have any plan going into for a lot of this mm-hmm. that said yeah. i really liked incorporating the avaliths uh, into this world that was fun yeah y'all y'all met a, met a couple of them yeah i realized um only after reading through the tal dory campaign guide for something i'm preparing which we can talk about later mm-hmm. that the crystal then cameras is not under Iman. It's like somewhere else in the world, but not under Iman. But you moved it under Iman for this. There, there are parts of it under Iman. Okay. Uh, okay. So, like in the the story of Vox Machina before that, uh, beneath the manor of the former master of defense, 
I think. What about Brimsythe? No. It's even it's before even that. Oh. It did involve Brimsythe. It was part of the Brimsythe plot. Okay. Uh, or no. It was either part of the Fiend plot or, or the Brimsythe plot. But uh, somewhere beneath uh, the manor of one of these masters, uh, there was a cistern that went into the Christopher Lake where Vox Vox and I had to fight Navalin. And it was somewhere beneath there that they fought or that they met Trista who gave Tiberius an artifact. Oh, that's the same Trista? That's the same Trista. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm not so good on my before uh, Critical Role lore because it's been a while since I've listened to that part. But, oh, and isn't that the one that was like, was gonna get a favor from Vax, but it never came up because the Raven Queen shit. That was her sister for Scythia. Oh, okay. Well, I'm coming together now. Uh, but yeah, that that was that Trista, uh, your your impromptu therapist. Our therapist and the one that uh, gay asked Krevney. But uh, well, you know, it wasn't too bad. He was able to take care of that. Yeah. So her whole thing is that she's trying to discover the secrets of Salar, the unknowable city far, far deep below Iman and the Crystal Fin Caverns and everything. The only thing is that city is still very much populated by uh, the Avalids. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, it's called the unknowable city for a reason. Like there's a whole bunch of madness and everything. The reason that she looks like a hag and she operates like a hag is because of trying to discover those secrets. Mm, so she's not actually a hag. No, she's an elf. Oh, okay. Mm, lore. Tea. <laughs> uh, but I really like, I really liked incorporating stuff like that in into there, just like connecting all of these red strings on my cork board. <laughs> <laughs> this goes here, this goes here, and huh, it all connects. <laughs> I especially really liked it because, like, there were already, like, there was already a single Abolith, like, in Waterdeep Dragon Heights, sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was also a single Abolith in the uh, Underworld Speculation adventure that I ran as a one-shot that was, like, sort of parallel to this. Yeah, sort of. a wee bit. Uh, but I, I am working on some of the conversion notes to like make the Abolis essentially a replacement for the Spring Villain. Mm. Uh, if you wanted to, or you could just run the adventure with the Spring Villain or anything. Ooh. That's a sneak peek for the conversion notes that you can subscribe to my Twitch channel and get access to my Discord. And whenever it's ready, it'll be put up there. Hoo hoo hoo! Plug plug. Plug 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 plug. But I really like doing that, and I I really just liked your character interactions. Like I, oh, I for that stuff. Just all of our character interactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I like running modules because like all the all the adventure work is already laid out, and you can just focus on the uh, always sunny on, in the forgotten realms <laughs> bullshit that's gonna happen with your party members. Yeah, we definitely. have. We had very, I don't know, our party dynamic was interesting because, like, we didn't always get along, but we were still, like, really close despite our disagreements, 
which we disagreed a lot. <laughs> so much, like, I'm pretty sure, like, like, Soleil had a very much love-hate relationship with Krabney, because they were always fighting about stuff. And then, like, just a... So, Soleil loved Glide. Um, thought he was a little bit too sentimental at times. Uh, the definite love-hate relationship with Krabney, they, they were always butting heads. And then, like, Otto was just, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how Soleil feels about Otto, because, like, Soleil loves Otto, but, like, Otto would also do some dumb shit sometimes. <laughs> like, we were always, like, getting on each other's asses, but we all, like, loved each other at the same time. It was just a very weird, interesting relationship. And then, like, nice interactions were born from them. And then we had just so many interesting NPCs that we you know, either found along the way or created together that just made um, our bar just hip and happening, you know? Like, you know, whenever we first, like, met the kids, I was like, oh, you know, these, these kids are nice. But by the end of it, I'm like, these kids, I love these kids. Where are the kids at? Are the kids okay? <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, the module provides a lot of really great NPCs. Uh, some of the kids were part of that. Uh, some of those characters uh, were part of that. The romantic interest and all. Uh, so yeah, really, really great module for a lot of social interactions. Uh, if that is the sort of adventure that you want to run. But also, also lots of good fights and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of fights. Uh, but a lot of really well-built encounters. Yeah. But yeah, we had, by the time everything uh, ended, I felt like everybody had a very complete arc. There, there were some loose threads, but not any that I really felt needed to be resolved. Yeah. And yeah, it seemed like everybody was moving, moving in different directions as was the natural progression for their story. Yeah, it's oh. it's kind of sad how we all made these characters who their end goals were going to take them from, take them all to different places. Like, that's just how they the characters were built going in. So it was just, like, really sad at the end when we all basically spread to the four corners of the, of you the know. multiverse. Yeah, essentially. But, uh, yeah, no. But, uh, who knows? Maybe... <clears throat> Maybe those characters will get together one day again for another adventure. We'll we'll see. Yeah, everybody is still definitely alive. No, no one has died during this adventure, which is great. No. Did you expect someone to die? <sighs> How far have you gone in indoors campaign? Uh, in I know that I know that I know some stuff that happens later, but I'm only on like episode three. Okay. I'm just saying. Uh, it's gotten deadly in other games, <laughs> and they they didn't throw young primordial dragons or aboliths or very powerful hags <laughs> at you. Well, I would like to attribute that to the fact that Krabney liked to heal sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the furious clacking of AQ's keyboard right now, being like. Who the? 
accuse Krebby of liking healing. <laughs> healing. No, Krebby likes to heal. He just likes to heal NPC. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But, uh, no. Yeah, I'm... God, you know, what a campaign. <laughs> what a... What a good group of characters and, and people and good fun times. But we but we have indeed retired those characters, possibly to resume at a later date. Yeah. Although, um, <laughs> I, because much like my fellow party members, was definitely um, feeling the, uh, I don't know, the after effects of ending a campaign that long. Uh, decided that I was not entirely done with the uh, world and the character situations we had set up and my own creative juices were flowing and because one of my goals this year was to run more D&D, I had an idea for a one-shot. <laughs> and it involves the kiddos. It does involve the kiddos. So if you are familiar with Water Deep Dragon Heist, um, there are three orphan kiddos in that game. And then because of Otto's backstory, we had another orphan kiddo. So our three became four. So I decided I wanted to run a one-shot a few years later when they're a little bit older and they are um, reunited because uh, at the end of our game, two went to the Feywild and two stayed in Iman. Um, and so they will reunite sometime later and something will happen. I haven't quite told everyone what I'm actually planning besides that uh, I am planning this one shot, which I am a third of the way through planning and I've not even gotten to combat yet. <laughs> My problem is though that I like over prepare because I'm anxious that I won't, that you guys will come up with something and I will have underprepared and I will feel lost, so I end up overpreparing. <laughs> but that's because I'm not super confident in my DM abilities. I feel like once I like run more shit, like it'll come much more naturally to me. But at this point, I'm just oh, like, absolutely. It's a it's a muscle. You got to work it. Yeah. So right now the muscle is a little weak, but you know I got once I exercise and get it stronger. We'll have big buffy DM muscles. So this is the first piece of homebrew content that you're creating. E pretty much. There was one tiny one shot that I ran for Ethan that I kind of came up by myself, but um, it wasn't like super good. <laughs> he says that it was good, but I didn't think so. Um, yeah, I, I, it's super basic, like, uh, just to get on with that tangent real quick, I made, like, a, it's like a heist mission, essentially. Mm -hmm. My map, map design was so basic that I made it, like, two square, <laughs> like, two squares, but each square had, like, an inner square of rooms, and then an outer square of rooms. It was super basic map design. <laughs> it was awful, but, um, no, he liked it well enough. But this is my real, like, more so, I guess, like, open world chance. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it, there's a framework already 
and precedent already established, but just kind of like uh, filling in more details, seeing what happens to these characters later on, adding some new plot points that I hope will still be interesting and relevant to you guys, not too out of left field. Hopefully it goes well. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not in over my head. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm very much excited to, to see what, what, what pops out of your, out of your brain hole. Yeah. Thanks for, you know, like letting me, uh, do this, you know, cause I feel like it's, you know, it's like this world that you kind of like created. I'm just like, oh, can I, can I do something with that? Can I hold on to these reins for a sec? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So thanks for that. Sure, I, to I totally own the world of Tal'Dorei and also the events of Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Well, right, well, you know, I, you know, like, the, your, yours is, like, sloppy seconds of all that, and I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting, like, uh, thir th thirsty thirds. <laughs> so it was just a real mess. <laughs> that's, that's imagery. <laughs> Excuse me while I sympathy bomb. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of which, we can we can cut to another quick break because I gotta pee again. So I can pee, you can bomb, and we can come back and talk about what what new stuff we have in store. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right, let's do it. Bye. Well, I really wish I would have captured you saying, oh my gosh, I love Lady's smile, but. <laughs> yeah, because she was just like, eh. <laughs> Her mouth's all open, she's like, eh. <laughs> she's like, She's got that kind of neck going on right now. Oh, she got that neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, her, her, her collar fur is very, very thick. Ooh, she's thick. Oh god, Wait, this train is off the rails. <laughs> so that so you've been uh you've been starting to homebrew your own your own adventures and everything. Yeah. Oh my god. I just remembered that I forgot to mention something. I had a new game announced today that I'm going to be in. Mhm. Mm I haven't talked about yet. Oh, well, let's uh, talk about I it. Let's talk about it. Um, so I can't share too many details with you guys yet because I haven't been fully revealed, but uh, come April, I will be in a Monster Hearts game, which if you don't know about Monster Hearts, it's the horny monster game <laughs> where you basically play as teenage monsters, just being teenagers and also being monsters, which is like hormones. But then, like, also monster shit, so it's, uh, it's a very interesting, uh, social game. So you could be built. a normal monster. <laughs> Alright, gotta write that playbook now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's very interesting. But the whole system is, like, co collecting strings on, 
other characters in which when you have a certain number of strings, you can cash them in to do certain things. And, mm-hmm. and um, sex is a mechanic in the game. <laughs> uh, so that's why I call it the horny monster game. Because um, they're actually, each type of like monster has their sex move. Um, which apparently like the core book has like addresses like asexuality in the game but I've never actually been able to look at the core book because I don't own it so I don't know what they say but they do address that issue of it but um yes but there there are um sex moves I'll say in quotes uh so yeah this game is raunchy horny (laughs) drama (laughs) so yeah and I'm excited because I've always been kind of interested in the game ever since I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it's, I don't know, teenage monster shit sounds fun to me. But yeah, that'll be uh, Tuesday nights in April, so. On. Huh? On who's Oh, oh, oh yeah, uh, twitch.tv slash pro-starter. I'm going to be pro-starter uh, DMing. It's going to be someone named Lily, who's a username I forgot, but they- her name is Lily, and, uh, yeah. Woo! Um, I do want to say, I'm not revealing any character stuff yet, but it's something out of the norm for me, but, um, a little bit in homage to one of my friends who likes a certain type of creature. So, we'll, we'll learn more about that later. You may have mentioned this in another, uh, let's talk about it. Well, I don't know if I actually mentioned and let's talk about it. I may have, like, talked to you off screen about it, but I don't know if I actually talked about it. But who knows? I drink in between these things. <laughs> and I have to listen to these episodes, like, three times whenever I edit them. <laughs> and I refuse to listen to it. Well, I do listen to snippets of them. But, because, uh, you know, I hate the sound of my own voice. So, but I listen to some parts. But, yeah, no, I usually forget what we talk about. <laughs> And then Connor will be like, play something for me. I'm like, oh god, I said that? <laughs> we talked about that? But anyway, yeah, sorry, that was my my quick little spiel. And then, well, actually, no, that hasn't even been announced yet, so I can't talk about that yet. So. Can't talk about that. Oh, nope. <laughs> Reverse clap. <laughs> I can't talk about that, but yeah, you'll see more of me is all I gotta say. Reverse clap. Can't talk about that. Very nice. All right, but yeah, uh, homebrew, but, homebrew. But yeah, you've been you've been working on homebrew. I also am about to start working on homebrew. Holy shit! So, Connor, you've been running modules for a while. I I've run, yeah, I've run a couple of modules. I've run, uh, I was running a lot of homebrew stuff, uh, specifically in like Pathfinder and stuff. Then I took a break from DMing. For a bit yeah but then whenever the critical role campaign guy was announced i decided hey i should probably run from a module so i know what i'm getting into whenever that thing drops so i decided to run a curse of strike campaign which was yeah. great <laughs> had a lot of fun doing that um and we've we talked about it a little bit on other episodes yeah and then i decided hey you know what uh let's uh let's try something else let's try princes of the apocalypse and let's try doing it in roll 20. that experiment was it was doomed to fail um, <laughs> because roll 20 hates me 
and uh, Princess of the Apocalypse. Not my favorite module. There's there's a lot of dungeoneering in that one, and yeah, it's pretty much all all the that's like most of the book is just going through one dungeon, which I'm not I'm not a big fan of. Oof. But Waterdeep Dragon Heist was announced, and I'm like, this shit looks awesome. I want to run it, and I I I saw that Matt Mercer had consulted on it and uh james hayek was one of the lead writers and so i'm like you know what this would be great to to convert to iman and well that's what we just did yeah but i haven't run a homebrew world or a homebrew campaign in a while that's what i've started working on and oh boy is it overwhelming (laughs) like we haven't we haven't even had our session zero yet Oh no, yeah, because this is still like in the embryonic stage, right? Oh yeah, uh, this is still like me just saying like, hey, Eberron looked cool, Ravnica looked cool, there's a lot of stuff in Tal'Dorei and stuff that I still really like, let's, let's take bits from all that, mix them all together, and you know that it's a homebrew world. So you want to talk a little bit more about, like, I guess what you have in terms of your concept? Nope. Nope. <laughs> so it's just a big old mashed mumble jumble? Of- it's just a big old mash. I, I've said, like, pretty much anything is on the table. Uh, like, this is, this is my player's chance to just, like, take anything from any setting that they really want. And I will start, like, developing parts of the world around it. I know, like, sort of factions that I think would be fun to introduce and use for once. Although I don't want to, like, take all the time to, like, learn all the lore for Eberron or mm-hmm. learn all the lore for Ravnica or anything. I don't want to, like, take the time to learn a pre-established world that I don't have a lot of uh, ground in. Yeah, it takes a lot. Because, like, I've always been interested in, like, certain aspects of, like, Eberron. Like, I think dragon marks are cool, and some other aspects of Eberron are cool, but I'm like, oh, I don't have time to, like, learn enough about this to run something in Eberron, you know? Yeah. And I've sort of talked about this, like, in my stream today, to date this a little bit. But it's like, I wasn't around in 3rd edition whenever Eberron just became a thing and people Mm -hmm. were really excited about it and now that it's returned uh after fourth edition for its uh fifth edition debut and now that the artificer is getting a lot of attention and people are like okay i now everything i need to run this uh is there and if you want to get even more uh into it shit uh hellcow keith and uh Rudy Wootenberg just released more grades miscellany, uh, yeah. which is even more Eberron lore. There's a lot that you can do there, but like we haven't, we weren't around for like the Eberron adventures that got released or uh, oh yeah, whenever the major hype was there for it. So I, I talked about this a little bit. I sort of like was gatekeeping myself, just like, do I deserve? to run something in here whenever I don't know enough about it. Interesting. You're psyching yourself out almost. 
Yeah. Which is like part of the reason why I was just like, well, I want to take the bits of it that I think are interesting and I want to put it in my own damn world. Because like you can do that. Yeah. Hell yeah, D&D. But like this is this is a, a chance for me to just like pick out stuff that I really like and see like what what can I make. I, I haven't made a lot of homebrew like player options in the past. I've converted some stuff from previous editions that I liked. Uh, if you go in, into my uh, D&D Beyond stuff, like I have the Dompier, the Kitsune from uh, Pathfinder and the Lupin from 3rd edition. They are really cool and fun looking and I have ideas brewing in my head for them, but I uh... You know, we'll see. But, you know, show up to Connor and we'll get to look at him. But I haven't really, like, done any player class options yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, In in fact, a lot of my time has just been, like, going through DM Skilled and, like, seeing what other people have published and say, like, okay, this looks great or this looks a little overpowered or this looks absolutely broken and needs to be balanced. Mm-hmm. Which I think is okay, but like I, I haven't flexed enough of that muscle. Like I haven't created anything and like offered it for review. Uh, so is that your next goal of sorts? Sort of. Uh, if if I come up with an original idea that I think there's not a lot of coverage for it already, because like yes, I can make a werewolf class for every single <laughs> or a werewolf subclass for every single class. It's been done. <laughs> yeah. It's done and it's been better done just by just following the rules as written, applying a monster template. Yeah. If if I notice that like, hey, in this world there's probably something that I could uh make with this particular thing, then yeah, I'll try to make a class around it and release it. I have attempted to make uh to make a class in the past, a or a subclass in the past. I've been playing in a home game every Wednesday for like the past year and a half uh and my their character that started that campaign out uh had died but also sort of ascended and became a demigod hell yeah so as part of the like as part of the character building exercise for that I made subclasses for like what sort of person would follow him what what would his uh divine domain be or it's Paladin Oath. So I did make a couple of uh, subclasses for that. They are not for public consumption. Mm-hmm. They had nice flavor, but like I don't think that they were very like there wouldn't be widespread appeal for them. So I just haven't. And mm-hmm. I think I actually deleted them from D and D Beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it involved a lot of like. Uh, this character was a gunslinger who had used a lot of uh, desert drugs, uh, like drugs that were made from desert plants. Uh, so a lot of it involved like uh, narcotics as like a way to do like an action surge or a haste or uh, effects similar to that. Interesting. Um, so you get a tolerance for poisons and everything. And uh, I remember asking on Twitter, just like, what? Every paladin gets a transformation at 20th level. What does it? What does a gun-toting, drug-using paladin turn into? Yeah, it was stuff like a that. A big gun. 
that, that was what the response on Twitter was. Uh, you turned into the big iron. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was just messing around with stuff like that. Uh, but it was, it was a great experiment to like learn what those like divine classes, like what is the general theme for like a 20th level paladin? What do they get at that level? And stuff like that. Uh, yeah. A great way to like deconstruct the classes. But yeah, I just haven't found any ideas that I was particularly great at or happy with making. But I have been adding a lot of those to D&D Beyond, like uh, the Bardic College of the Opera by Kelly the Opera Geek. Yeah. Um, oh, one that I've been trying to port into D&D Beyond, but I've been lazy, is Mark uh, Holmes, Humes, mm-hmm. the um, arcane uh, chromat. Uh, sorcerer uh that one's pretty neat it's like um you're proficient with like a certain type of magic but like you have like heterochromia so you're proficient two different types of magic it's pretty cool i like it because it's like colors and shit but i'm not the best at porting stuff to D beyond so it's taking me a while to do it yeah i think i I need to make more tutorial videos for that because I specifically did have comments like saying, I would, I would love if you made more of these. I just, time. Yeah. I also probably wouldn't stream it. I would make it a VOD. Yes. Well, help me, Connor. You're my only hope. But yeah, if you, if you want more homebrew tutorials, like comment and subscribe and tell me something that's available for free that I could port into D&D Beyond. Because, like, I thought that the Bari Collars to the Opera would be a wonderful thing to import, but, like, I didn't want to make that video without the, that was for premium content, like, content that was being charged for, and just, yeah. like, saying, like, hey, this is how you make this in the video, because that's, that's essentially giving that shit away for free, and I'm, mm. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's fair. And that's why I haven't done, like, any of the other Critical Role stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. The only one that I did was the the revised Cobalt Soul because, like, Matt made that publicly available on Dropbox. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, I haven't made a lot of homebrew class options. I have never touched making a homebrew spell. Oh, goodness, no. Uh, like, just because, like, I think that the spells that currently exist, you can do a lot with them, and mm-hmm. it already seems, like, very balanced. I feel like that's more Most like... Of them most of them there's there's stuff like healing spirit and everything that are okay yeah i feel like it's more of like a character basis you know like it's just something that like maybe you as a like a player playing a character is like you know it's something i really like want for this character that i don't think is available then maybe something like that Mm and working through that with your dm but like yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if I've ever felt a need to, like, homebrew a spell. Because, like, the spell list is pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I mean, we say that now. They do continue adding them, and every, everything that they add just seems great and it's wonderful. But, like, whenever I look at, um, like, all the spells that were, that, like, Cobalt Press is releasing, um, they release some, like, like, oh, well, this is, like, blood magic, this is, like, eldritch magic, this is deep magic, and I'm just, like, I don't see how that makes sense. I don't, I don't know if I want that, so I just don't, because I'm scared of it, but, like, 
Matt Mercer introducing Dunamancy into his world. I'm like, oh. okay, that seems kind of weird because like this is like supposed to be a night school of magic involving like time and fate, but like you already have like time stop and everything in the existing stuff. Like mm-hmm. time stop and wish, which would do that. Yeah. You already have other classes or schools. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out because like it's 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 critical role and I respect Matt Matt as a creator. I don't know if it 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 makes a whole lot of sense. I'm curious and excited and I definitely want to check it out. Uh, yeah, I just I just need the Wild Mount campaign guide to be released already. Give it to us. <laughs> give it to us. I know it's, it's too early but give it to us. <laughs> I, I mean, that's something that's got to be announced real soon. I mean, I don't know. I mean, depending on how things go out, go from this episode forward, just because of the, I feel like, dare I say, world-changing shit that happened in the last episode. Oh, yeah, that is 100% changed how the rest of the campaign was going to go. Oh, for sure. So, uh, spoilers for Critical Role episode Campaign 2, episode 56. Spoiler, spoiler warning. You've been warned. Uh, yeah, so, holy shit. What a fucking move. Like, first of all, I thought that whole, like, I was so nervous for them going in to see the Bright Queen. I'm like, oh my god, this could be very disastrous. I didn't think that it was going to go bad until the dude starts, started opening his mouth. I mean, once they started rolling like shit, I was like, oh, this is not going that well. And Matt was like, yeah, so the Bright Queen's, like, look just kind of, like, sours, and I'm like, oh, shit. And then that fucking dude starts fucking running his mouth, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the, these guys were here, man, blah, 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 I'm like, oh, my God. Like, holy shit, this, like, and it was so funny, because he, like, said some shit about them being from the Empire, and they did not even catch that. Did you, do you remember that? No. He was like... It was like a very like passing comment and it was just like that he made about them being from the Empire before they went into the chamber. Like just so quick and they didn't notice it because they were so busy talking about like something else like making some joke. And I was like wait a minute did he just say something about them being from the Empire? And then like he went on with that shit and I was like oh god. And then like on top of all their lying and shit. And, like, having two not super charismatic characters doing the, the persuasion checks. Like, not to be min-max on main, but come on. <laughs> you, got, you got the warlock. <laughs> Who's got, good at this? You got the perfect warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Weapons and supplies. <laughs> oh, but... So- I was like, oh my god, this is... It's just been a couple of days of them rolling not great. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, because even when Ford did roll, his roll was still not that good. So it just went downhill super fast. I'm like, oh my god. But I figured that whenever things were going badly, they were going to pull the beacon. No, uh, that didn't cross my mind at all for some reason. But whenever Caleb started talking, I was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna he's gonna take out the beacon. He's gonna give him the beacon." And like, I didn't know so that. I, I thought that 
that the that their cover was blown for the beacon whenever uh sam used the fragment of possibility oh yeah and then she was like and then matt was like yeah she just kind of like looked over and like looks at not and just like just like an air like huh i was like oh my holy shit like <laughs> it was just like a dumpster fire at that point but yeah whenever caleb was like i am of the empire but i am no friend of the empire i was like oh my god he's he's giving them bacon holy shit holy shit he's giving them bacon oh my god what's gonna happen and then they responded so positively to it i was just like that was such a clutch move <laughs> holy shit and now they they have made very powerful allies but i definitely could have seen that ending in a very different way with like them just not not making very good persuasion roles like the dude writing them out they would be in the prison with not's husband yeah and they would be able to excuse me make their way out and have to traverse back uh to the empire having made an enemy of the Bright Queen. Oh, yeah. And, like, like, and like definitely having a reason to go against her because, like, they just are in a dungeon, and they're probably going to do very horrible stuff. Yeah. But now, but now. Yeah, I think Travis was even, like, kind of talking about that after the episode ended. It was like, they were going to take us to jail! We're not husband once! He just... <laughs> oh, God, but yeah. But now... But now they're they're in they've made made a very powerful ally they could probably do a lot but still have to deal with the fact that well jorhas has a very bad underbelly and overbelly mm -hmm. and all yeah. the belly i mean but like the empire isn't like a spark image goodness either absolutely which like it's, it's great there's no good there's no evil yeah I think the only character, because most of them are pretty, like, agnostic in terms of, like, their whole place in this thing is like, oh, whatever, this is affecting me. I think the only character that's going to be screwed over by Caleb's decision is going to be Bo, if, like, Dyron and, like, the Cobalt, Cobalt Soul find out. Because it's kind of like, Dyron was like, oh, keep a low profile. And, like, this is, like, the opposite of a low profile and also kind of helping that enemy so like don't know how that's gonna go down sort of the cobalt soul is not an empire thing okay uh so actually do you remember in uh during the early chroma conclave in campaign one uh whenever allura and drake thunderbrand or firebrand uh, Thunderbrand. We're, we're like lightning warping into the archives of the Cobalt Soul in Westrun into okay. Hore. Yeah. Uh, the Cobalt Soul exists uh, across the continents. Uh, so each, even, so the chapters of the Cobalt Soul aren't like loyal to like whatever country. Yeah, they're they're, they're not. They exist outside of the political borders. Okay. That said, if the Empire uh, was, like, the good guys, uh, 
and the Jorahas were doing some really bad stuff, then yeah, they would need to go find out and like see, I don't know, what what Ayun needs them to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dairon still isn't going to be super pleased, though. I mean, yeah, Bo, Bo is now, that, that was a very public thing. Bo is definitely not stick, sticking to the shadows. Um, yeah, especially since, like, Dairon's like, hey, can you trust these fuckheads? And Bo's like, yeah, yeah, sure, kind of. And then, you know... <laughs> they go and make very public decisions, so, like... But even still, like, they don't they don't know that Bo is part of the Cobalt Soul, but Dairon can now use her as, like, mm. as, as contact for, for Jorah's. This could still end up going very well for, for Bo and for the Cobalt Soul. Yeah. No, I think I personally love the fuck out of what Liam did. Because it was very much not in tune with the meta. Like, I think meta-wise, and just like, well, let's just let ourselves get arrested. We'll probably end up in jail. I could definitely see them not ending up where, uh, where, what, the husband, uh, ended up. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, the husband was just, was captured by somewhere else. Uh, it's captured from Bleakguard? No. I thought he was in Gordranus. Yeah, he is He is currently in Gordranus, but, like, he was captured by someone else. He's probably okay. probably not going to be in the same prison as the war criminals captured by the Bright Queen. Okay. Those, those would be, like, higher up. They would be yeah. in a lot more maximum security. Um, yeah, I I, I love how, how it is because we could... This way we can get a lot more Gordranus lore. And... Matt, Matt, Matt had already, Matt had already uh, written a lot about it in the uh, Tadori guide. Um, Did he? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, uh, Gordranus and Jorhas were there were like paragraphs on it in uh, at the end Ooh. of the Tadori guide, but a lot of it also uh, shows up in the early stuff about like. Uh, the calamity and stuff in the mm. age of Arcanum. Yeah, he he's definitely been thinking about Gordranus for a while. Nice. So I'm I'm excited to see what juicy bits we can we can scavenge from it. Yeah, I I'm just like I love this decision just because it felt so. Because I've like you know I, I read other people's like opinions on the matter on Twitter, but it was like this Meekin was kind of like. Caleb's looking to dunamancy and time and entropy and all the shit that he's interested in in his own arc. And he was, he's kind of, he like gave that up. But at the same time, he was rewarded so, possibly so much more, you know? Who knows what the fuck they're going to get out of this, you know? So, it, I just, and also he was wearing like bondage gear. <laughs> sexy leather harness giving the the uh you know the crin back their baby making machines <laughs> you know it's just like but like god damn a world changing decision right there and one that like matt was like oh there's a small chance of this happening and that happened like just god i 
I love shit like that. Just like those decisions that like you know spur the moment. Just oh, I love that shit. That was very good. And I'm sad that we had to wait a couple of weeks. But also, I'm glad that Matt can take a lot of time to to think about stuff. Oh, yeah. Matt is probably sitting there stewing just, who? what can I do now? (laughs) Me, right now, about this dang homebrew stuff. Oh, my God. Another, because we're already on the subject of critical role. Guess who's going to the live show at Gen Con? It's us. Woof. But yeah, they're they're they always sold out really fast. Holy shit. Yeah, like I think last year they didn't sell out for at least a few days, but apparently I know the VIP sold out in five minutes. I don't know how quickly general sold out. But yeah, it sold out real fast. I see that a lot of people are really upset about it. Um real sorry just- guys. Critical Role is just getting exponentially more popular, you know? Yeah. Now, I, I have seen people, like, getting very upset about uh, not being able to get tickets. Like, oh, my gosh, y'all should have known this. Y'all should have gotten a bigger venue and whatever. Yeah, hindsight and everything. They don't – they can't fully grasp how quickly they're growing. And they tried to, like I, – I did see that they, like, tried to – raise the price of the tickets a little bit to try to like mm-hmm. get that supply demand curve like back down a little bit yeah maybe raising the price will lower the demand so that y'all when it's not it's yeah not no enough. uh but like some people are getting like real angry about it and like blowing up the kickstarter comments about it which you know is the most appropriate place to do that S- sarcasm alert by the way big blaring sarcasm alert in case you couldn't tell no that's not an appropriate place but that because the two things are not related and they're most likely not reading all the fucking kickstarter comments but like i i've seen a lot of salt like mostly directed towards like the actual ticketing websites that they use yeah you know not to be uh, you know i don't want people to think i'm biased and like always for critical role but like come on guys like ticketing websites always suck like, taking websites never not suck. Now, this ticket website did have a, a better queuing system, as in, like, the server didn't crash, which we all know, the critter hug of death <laughs> does kill. Titmouse's <laughs> website has gone down, like, three times because of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this site did handle us, um, and people were still able to queue through and get their tickets. Um, it's just... It, it's a lot. They're they're very much in demand. I I wouldn't be surprised if this continues for another like three years if they're gonna have to start like doing stadiums. Yeah. So it's just like I don't know. Like I get people being upset, but like like because I do go on this post and I read the people's comments, and it's just like you know. Do you think this is the best way to change things by being the singer? Do you think this is the best possible form to reach out? Like, no. <laughs> like, but like, I, uh, again, we do know people. People are emotional. Like, it, it is very upsetting, and I, I, I see more people like get upset because like they either didn't forgot that the tickets were going on sale and like didn't set their alarms or anything, or just like forgot. 
Uh, and within 30 minutes, uh, for a lot of people, the, the main reason that they want to go to Indianapolis was to go see them, and they, they couldn't, mm-hmm. uh, which does suck. And yeah. like, that's pretty much the only time that they're going to be able to see them. Um, they're not doing like a booth or an autograph line this year. Which is so, so sad. Uh, but you know, scheduling conflicts happen. But still, oof, sad. Uh, yeah, it, it is upsetting. And I, I do understand uh, a lot of the anger and everything. And I, and uh, as much as I do uh, say like, yeah, they can't really know how popular they are or how fast they're growing. They should start having a better idea of just like how many tickets that they can expect to sell or like how quickly they can expect to sell and be able to accommodate for that. Yeah, I think this is definitely going to be a, not necessarily a wake up call, but like a an indicator of, okay, our popularity is on this level now. If we can sell out VIP tickets in like five minutes and general admission tickets in 30, I, you know, we can like, we can book bigger venues. We can do like this, like, I, cause you know, I, I don't imagine the hype train stopping anytime soon, you know? Yeah. But like, it, it definitely is a time for Critical Role to make a lot of adjustments in how they uh, book venues or uh, sell their tickets and everything. Uh, because yeah, they are getting popular and people uh, would very much like to help them celebrate what, they, what they've made. God. I would kill to see one day to just be in a Super Bowl-sized stadium watching fucking Critical Role. At, at that point, I, I might have to reconsider. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to a, to a watch party instead. Yeah. We'll host a watch party. We'll host yeah. it on Twitch. But no, it's, yeah. I, you know, the, this, you know, it's disappointing, but I think it's just like a sign of Ah, growth needs to happen now at this point. Because, you know, I I think sometimes it's almost like they're still in the mindset of humble, small beginnings. I think uh, with what Kickstarter support and how quickly these tickets sold out, this is just like a, oh, perhaps we are growing (laughs) and we should grow. The subject of today's session is growth. That's our for today. Thanks, Tristan. <laughs> uh, and with that, I think we can call this an episode. Yeah. This was a nice little episode right there. This is a pretty good size length of an episode. Oh boy. I'm sleepy. Oof. Oof. I'm sleepy. So, if you're listening to this on a a place other than Anchor FM. Look at God. <laughs> uh, if you're look if there are links in the doobly doo, please click on those links in the doobly doo and check out where we are on on the social medias and places where you can find us and our content. Buy a shirt. Buy a mug. <laughs> yeah, we we've got we've got some merch. I don't know if people if people want other kinds of merch. Let us know. Like, comment, subscribe. We'll we'll make more merch.
Let's talk about emoji shorts, please. Streamlabs, get on it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're gonna duck out and probably talk about some more homebrew stuff because we have to conspire. Ooh, yeah. So we will see y'all next time. See you around, pals. Bye-bye. For our audio listeners. <laughs> Actually, no. I'll leave that, I'll leave that vague. <laughs> I won't repeat what, what you just did. <laughs> I made the penises kiss. <laughs> oh my god, you can't say that when I have wine in my mouth. <laughs> That's the B-side. That's booty hole. <laughs> also B-side. <laughs> <laughs>